Welcome to the Science and Spirituality Podcast, where we dive deep into universal spiritual principles and ground them in modern science. My name is Chris Carton. And my name is Kevin Carton, and we are committed to simplifying the spiritual side of success for you with easy to understand scientific research so you can walk away with practical tools to create radical transformations in your life. Let's get started. If you truly want to change your life or maybe even want to use the term become the master of your own destiny, there is one thing you must actually embrace consistently in life, and that is discomfort, which we'll get into some nuances. Like when I even say that word or that idea that we have to embrace discomfort consistently, it's not that literally every single moment in your life, you're going to be uncomfortable, but we have to make friends with this kind of feeling or this state of being that we face in life. Otherwise, we're going to consistently fall back to our old patterns and continually live the same kind of life over and over. So we're going to talk about embracing discomfort today. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, when you think about the scope of your life and how it begins and then where you are right now, we're, we're so used to embracing discomfort, I feel like, when we're little. Right. That's just something that we're born with doing because you come into this world and you don't know anything. You don't know how to do anything. You don't really realize that your arms and your fingers are yours and your feet are yours and how to talk and how to walk. And you embrace discomfort every day when you're a kid. It's, it comes so natural, right? And then at some point, like throughout our, you know, our, our growth and our evolution, um, we tend to get stuck in these patterns of safety. Like our nervous system keeps us in this pattern of safety. And we kind of forget that in order to break out of that, we need to come up against parts of us and, you know, parts of our experiences that we've never experienced before. And just inherently when that happens, there's going to be some discomfort that arises within your nervous system because it's trying to keep you safe. It's trying to keep you within the current patterns that you currently have and you're currently doing, no matter how bad and unhealthy those patterns actually are. It's about safety and breaking out of that. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely, I think we should definitely dive more into like the nervous system, that whole idea of safety and why it's so enticing to stay in a comfort zone or the normal way of living life mm. as we grow. And especially in our adulthood, because, you know, there's, there's real things to be concerned about in life that, you know, do require uh, a level of certainty or safety, right. Of like, what do like basic needs? you know, like food, water, shelter, like where that gonna, where is that going to come from? Like that does matter in terms of having that kind of quote unquote comfort, but that comfort zone becomes kind of like a cage even, especially when it comes into the context of living a life that we love, which I'm actually speaking from um, just like that basic needs. And then I'm thinking of the highest level of uh, human experience is self-actualization. Those, all those terms come from Abraham Maslow, who's a psychologist in his, uh, what he called the hierarchy of needs. Mm. So like there is that base level, it's the foundation of a, like a pyramid that he's uh, organized. That it's like a whole like range of experiences that we have. And uh, the lowest level is that basic needs. And again, that's the kind of comfort or safety that we're looking for. But then to actually really live an expansive life and to live into your fullest potential, live your dreams, it requires to you to go beyond those kinds of, safety nets or the kind of safety in life and then really challenge yourself through discomfort but not not in ways that it's like literally at the expense of your livelihood and the expense of your actual physical safety yeah and i think people 
hopefully that are listening to this podcast, like understand that distinction. Right. There are like, yeah. you, there are real, you know, you're right. There are real needs and there are real dangers in this world. But I think everyone who's kind of in a place where they have their basic needs met at some level and like, they feel like they're stuck in these certain patterns and they're having all these great inspirations and ideas, but are having trouble actually working through that into actual physical patterns in time and space here to actually bring that about. I think that's when they realize it's like, okay, like every time I try to start this new pattern, I feel this discomfort arise. And I mm -hmm. think, and I'll, I'll speak from personal experience like this. Well, when I was, when I first started like trying to attempt to change patterns and even up to very recently, there's this idea that if I get this inspiration, this idea to really want to do something and I attempt and I'm like, okay, I need to change a certain pattern or habit to get there. There's this inherent feeling that it should be easy because it's what I really want to do. And I think when we come into that with that mentality, the minute that we are up against and we start to face some kind of discomfort, we're like, oh, maybe this isn't really what I want to do. And I think that's like the key switch that we all need to go through when we are implementing new patterns and new habits and really trying to change our life is to actually welcome those moments when they come. And again, start to embrace that discomfort because that's like how you grow. It's, it's, it's coming up against that discomfort and then pushing through it anyway, and then getting to the other side. It's like, it gives you this certain level of equity within yourself that you said you were going to do what you said you were going to, you did what you said you were going to do. And I think that's kind of the, the distinction that we're talking about here. It's that idea that you need to embrace discomfort and it's going to come like to expect right. it. Yes. Dude, actually that reminds me anytime I work with a new client, which I just enrolled a new client last week or this past week. And I, I literally told her like, Hey, in our first 30 days of coaching, you will go through discomfort. I mm -hmm. guarantee it. And that, that it's kind of a shock when you hear that first. It's like, I guarantee you, you're going to face some level of discomfort. You're going to face, I call it the red zone because um, I have this illustration I call the transformational circle. You can imagine like a small circle on the inside of this illustration and then a larger circle that's a more expanded circle. I call that like the dream or the more expanded life you'd love to live. But then right at the edge of that smaller circle on the inside is I, I circle it with a red circle. It's like right at the edge of the life you've known up until now. And to, in order to actually expand, to live your dream, to go for what you would love, you have to go through that red zone, that red circle. And that is categorized with fear, doubt, worry, uh, dissuading yourself, right? Like you, you literally spoke to that by saying it's like, there's a part of you that's going to say like, oh, if I really wanted it, I would feel it all the time. Mm -hmm. Not true. Like it's a guarantee actually that you're going to go through that. And so on a flip side of it, it's like the more, more surface level of like looking at it, like you said, it's like, oh, that's a convincer to like not do something. We're all, we have very, years and years, maybe even sometimes decades and decades of training to just stay in the comfort zone and rationalize why it's okay to, to not do what we say we want to do because it's again, more, more, com it's just easier. Um, but we have to go through that. It's actually an expected part of the process of change. Yeah. Let me, yeah, I want to jump in and speak to something there about what you said about the, do it. um, like, you know, embracing that discomfort and, and why it feels almost natural to come back to that safety zone. Yeah. So you can even think about it from a very simple physical example. It's like when you're growing up as a kid and you reach out and let's say there's a something hot on the stove and you touch it and it hurts. You learn to never reach out over the stove and touch that thing again. And those kind of things that your nervous system does to build in that level of safety, that's kind of what's happening on like a, like a more metaphysical level when it comes mm. to your patterns and habits, right? It's like, 
when you try to do something new, you're, and you feel that level of discomfort is because your body's telling you like, I've never done that before. That's not really who I identify with or who I think that I am. And so it's going to pull you back. It's going to pull your hand away from, from the fire. And now again, when we're changing habits, we're not actually, we shouldn't be putting ourselves in danger like that, Right. but the nervous system is going to respond in the same way. It's going to respond with danger, danger, danger. Don't do it. And that's the thing that we have to kind of overcome. And I think, again, it really helps in overcoming that when we expect it to happen. Yes. Because again, a lot of times you're going in and you're not expecting that to happen. It's going to hit you like a train. You're going to be like, wow, like maybe this isn't what I want to do. Exactly. And it's not actually going to, it's not actually going to, going to, going to stick. And I was thinking about an example too, to kind of illustrate this. Like, you know, when you see uh, during the springtime, like trees, when they grow, Mm. And when they're pushing against the the boundaries of what they're they're familiar with, they're bright green instead of like that dark green color. And mm-hmm. that kind of reminds me of the circle that you're talking about. Yes. But the cool thing that happens is when the tree starts to break out of that comfort zone or that circle and that those those bright green leaves, they eventually turn into the same color as the original comfort zone, right? So while you're embracing this discomfort and working through it, eventually it becomes easier and you start to stay at that new level. Mm-hmm. And it be, kind of becomes built into who you are. So it's kind of like a little battle in the very beginning to understand that there's going to be discomfort, but the more you work through that discomfort, the more it's going to become a part of who you are. And you're going to more identify with that new pattern or habit. And then that will be your new comfort zone. It's exactly. like literally the, the, a simple example of how we evolve and how we grow. Right. That's beautiful. Love that. It makes me think of um, like our mentor, Mary quotes, I forget the, the, the woman, maybe it's a man, but it's a teacher. I think it's a mystic, mystical teacher, Christian mystic from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. I think maybe it was St. Augustine who said this, but, um, the quote is that we all must learn to live on our green growing edge of becoming. Mm. And that's like literally, I mean, that's comes to that straight up example and to be specific, dude, it's like pine trees. Like, cause you know, there's the green, it's all evergreen, of course, but like, so it's those dark green needles, of course, but then there's that new growth in the spring of yeah. that bright green. That's what you were speaking yeah. of. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure, I'm sure other, you know, plants do that. But when you said leaves, I was like, wait, I'm like thinking of specifically my, my logical brain is like, did that connect to my mind? That's so, probably, that's probably a better example, but I hope people understood what I meant. It's like right. that. Yeah. yeah. It's like the, and then the, the other thing I wanted to mention too, is that that new growth in the very beginning is fragile. Mm. Like you need to protect Ooh. it and nourish it before it gets to build into who you actually are. So it's like, right. you know, th- I mean, and there's a lot of different ways to, I guess, to, to make patterns and habits more easy to implement. You know, I, I think the, one of the things for me, it's like, if you want to be someone who works out in the morning or runs in the morning, like go to sleep in your workout clothes, you know, just, just, just remove any small barrier that you think is possible mm. so that it makes it easier and easier for you to do that thing. Mm-hmm. It's like really helps. Or at least like set those clothes out for yourself or that too. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that in your running shoes. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, heck, like if it, if it really takes that, right. Um, that reminds me of, uh, Stephen Pressfield who wrote a book called the war of art, who, which is a whole book teaching yeah. on how to be an artist or be a creative in his case is being a writer. And he tells the story about like how, when he first wanted to write a book, like he was struggling, like never really made it, uh, in terms of where his books like made it big or like was popular. Uh, he like talked with a friend who was an actual like uh, author and had success. And his friend said like, you got to be a writer first before you actually can act like actually create that experience where you have, you know, books that people buy and that you're a, you know established author. 
And so the idea that Stephen Pressfield got from that idea from his friend was like, okay, if I'm going to write or if I'm a writer, I write every day. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> he, he would literally put work boots at the base of his bed. And so that when he would get up, he would put on his work boots and putting in air quotes, because of course he wasn't going to do physical labor that he would need work boots, but it was like a signal to his mind that, okay, I'm going to work. Mm-hmm. And so he would put on his work boots and then go sit down and write for like an hour or so. So like, it's that, you know, preparation the night before it's like, I'm doing this thing. So yeah. that's, that's, like you said, like, yeah, reduce the barriers to mm-hmm. staying consistent with something. Yeah. And that's like, that's also a perfect example of someone implementing physical habits and patterns into their mm-hmm. life to become a better conduit for the dream inspiration vision that's actually coming, attempting to come through them. Right. So I, was, I was thinking about this this week. I wrote out this little, I guess this little circle. And at the top, I have dreams, visions, and inspiration. And I have an hour going down to patterns and habits. And then an hour going back up to dreams, visions, and inspirations. Cause Ooh. it's like that circle. It's yeah. like the, the dreams and the visions, your inspirations, they're the things that hit you, right? The, from, from, from God, from the universe, like this deep, deep desire to want to do something. And then in order to become a better conduit of that, because most of the times when you get those, those visions and dreams, they're at a higher level of consciousness or a higher level of, of being than you currently are. And because we live in a physical world, we, we do have, we're spirit, but we live in a physical world. We have to implement some type of patterns to be able to start building towards that dream. And so that's exactly what the example sounded like that you just gave with that writer, that dream, the inspiration was, I want to be a writer, but he didn't have the patterns and the habits to ground that in his physical, to actually feed back into, I'm a writer, I'm a writer. And it's like, they work synergistically together. And so it just, again, it just shows the, the importance of those patterns and habits. And the fact that like, it sounded like he had some discomfort there and he has to do something to work through it. And that's part of what patterns and habits do. Like, it's kind of weird. It's like, when you're changing a pattern or habit, it's, you get that discomfort that comes up during that pattern and habit. But then once you establish that pattern or habit, it actually helps you through other discomforts that come up in life and in your transformation. Mm-hmm. Because we said in the beginning, like when you have or come up against things that are uncomfortable, you tend to fall back to your patterns and habits. So you want to have good patterns and habits to fall back to when you're again, attempting to reach higher and higher levels on the ladder. Right. Which that was last week's episode, of course, you know, and that we fall back to the level of our patterns, not rise to our dreams. But mm. like you said, and I love that, that kind of a circular kind of thing that you have that it's like the dreams, the visions, the ideas, the inspirations first that then feed into the patterns, but then those patterns feed into the vision as mm. you've now created those patterns and really stuck with it, which by the way, I think this is really helpful to keep in mind as well, that it takes time for those patterns to really solidify. Most people are familiar only with the idea that it takes 21 days to form a habit. It's not true. That's actually the beginnings. There's there's research on this, which um, I'll, uh, I, I love that you included the, in the show notes, uh, the description that you have rec- included that, that study that you re- referenced last week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find this study because I've been referencing it for years. So it's been a while since I've actually looked at exactly what the title of it is called or where it's published, all that. But I will find it. I'll put it in the description of this episode. The science actually shows, the studies that show in terms of building new habits, it 21 days begins the process. That's when it begins to start to form as like a change in your literal neuronal connections in your brain, like the neuroplasticity. But then it takes 66 days to fully solidify it. 
because they did test and, and, you know, had people start and st- like stop after 21 days, after 30 days, after 45 or 60 days or so. And most people, when they had, it, it was like that 66 day mark. It was this like threshold that once they got to that, then it was easy. And then they didn't even have to think about it. And that it's like most people stuck with that for several months beyond that, if not forever mm-hmm. in the rest of their life. And so it takes 66 days to form a yeah. habit. So think, I think about that, dude, that's two, it's a little over two months. Yeah. It's a long, it's a relatively long time when you think about it. It's like, all right, really starting something new and, and sticking with it. Like you, you imagine how many times you're going to be in that kind of discomfort in those 66 days. That's why most people give up. Dude. Pro- and then you were, you were saying too, in that study, the 21 days is when it, it actually, it takes that long for it to start, like almost spark. Yes. So those first 21 days is probably all just discomfort. Like, right. oh, I don't want to do this. You know right. what I mean? Exactly. And I think like, yeah. And Bro, it's like, yeah. Really quick. Ahead. Sorry. I found it. I looked okay. it up really quick. 2009 study published in the, in the European Journal of Social Psychology. And it, they actually have a range. It says it takes 18 to 20, 254 days for a pe- person to form a new habit. But the study also concluded that on average, it takes 66 days for a new behavior to become automatic. So that's what I was speaking to. So again, it could range, I guess. And it may, it probably depends on the kind of habit because yeah. it's like, oh, if it's a habit to drink, you know, an extra glass of water a day. All right. That's probably easy to form. And it's probably like going to be those 18 to 21 days. Perfect. Yeah. But like some more difficult things are like, you're changing your life in a bigger way of like you showing up for you living your purpose and like creating your art or writing your book or uh, going for whatever dream you have. Like that's probably going to take a little bit longer. Yeah. And I think it, it, it all, it, you know, you're, you're totally right. I think that's why they put a, a bigger range too, because, you know, we, we spoke about this last episode a little bit about the, the neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. And so if you're trying to override a pattern that you've been doing for a long time, those neural connections, the, the connections between the neurons to fire that pathway are yep. going to be very, very strong and very, very deep. And in order to allow the neuroplasticity enough time to kind of latch on to the new pat- pattern habit or the, the new pattern, like connections, it's going to take some time because the old one has to die off. The old one has Mm -hmm. to become weaker and weaker and the new one has to become stronger and stronger. And, um, dude, this was another episode idea that I, that, and I, cause we're, we're literally, I'm really bringing it back up again. I'm like, Oh, okay. Cause, cause a part of the, a part of the importance or one of the biggest things in helping you maintain, stick to and maintain new patterns is being totally aware, like being totally in your prefrontal cortex and actually directing your thoughts and your emotions and what you're doing on a daily basis, especially when things get stressful, especially when things get difficult, because when things get stressful and difficult, your prefrontal cortex is not going to be as active and you're going to go into the midbrain and your midbrain is all about the patterns and the habits that you've already built over time. And so having that awareness to notice when you're switching into, oh, I'm about to go down my old habits and patterns and having the like some kind of tools to be like, all right, like I'm going to either do box breathing or I'm going to start juggling or I'm going to do something to bring my awareness back to my prefrontal cortex and start to think about what I actually want to do and what I actually want to do to decide. Mm-hmm. So that could be a whole nother a topic for, yeah. for this because I think that's like a big piece of it. Definitely. Well. Yeah. Which, you know, just really quick, because uh, for someone who's listening to this episode, it's like, okay, oh, that that's it. Like I need that. Mm-hmm. So define because box breathing i think it's pretty straightforward it's like breathing i think many people know that but you could define that but then you said juggling like physical yeah, dude. Juggling? 
Yeah. So dude, because juggling, because it's something that unless you're like a professional juggler who's been doing it for so long, juggling takes so much concentration Interesting. that it forces your prefrontal cortex, a bunch of areas of your prefrontal cortex to actually become active and you're juggling. So like, if you're, if you're, if you're in a situation where you really feel like you're about to go down some kind of like, like maybe a go-to pattern, like you're about to pick up your phone and look at Instagram or like, you're about to do like reach for a drink and you're like, I don't want to drink anymore or something like that. Right you start doing something that causes you to think. So like a word search or like a, a crossword puzzle or like juggling something to activate the prefrontal cortex. You do it for like a couple of minutes and you're totally back in your, like your, your seat of awareness and then you can make better decisions. Wow. And you can like, so it's almost like you have to notice when you're about to go down the pathways of what you don't want anymore. Right. Bring yourself back to a place of conscious awareness and then choose something different. Cause that, that's what happens with a lot of people so many times. Like they're, they're not actually choosing cause it's the, the pattern loop is just so there that they don't even realize what's happening until it's too late. And every time you go back down that pattern loop of what you don't want to do, it reinforces it over and over again. So it becomes harder to change over time. So I think that awareness piece is, is definitely something key and we can, you know, dive into that deeper and give people more and more tools on another episode. That's like definitely. specifically for that. Cause I feel like it is very important. A hundred percent, which that you speaking of having the awareness, it's like, how do we develop that? Right. That, um, which I would actually, before I even go there, dude, I'd never heard of those kinds of ideas or tools ever. Like mm-hmm. the heck you've been holding out on me. <laughs> no, it, not just a, you know, it's a joke, but well, I no, did not know about that kind of juggling or activating your mind in that way to like, cause I've always worked when I work with my clients, it's like work with your breath. Cause that at least calms your nervous system down. So you can switch from that. Like you said, the midbrain or the amygdala looking for safety mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then moves into the prefrontal cortex, but that's such a powerful extra or additional or different step that I've never known. Yeah. And it's um, the, cause the prefrontal cortex is like our most evolved part of our brain. And that's where, right. you know, rational decision-making our ability to think about long-term consequences or long-term benefits of a decision. That's where all that sits. Right. And a lot of times when we're, when we built in a pattern loop, it becomes automatic. And like our prefrontal cortex doesn't even think about it anymore. So like when you're trying to change these things and, and dude, that's why stress is such a big thing too, because mm-hmm. and it's funny because when we're attempting to do something new, we become stressed out and our body tends to want to fall back to the previous patterns that we have that are based on like emotions and just doing the, doing the motions. And so having tools to bring your prefrontal cortex back online and into awareness quickly can actually really help you start to direct your attention and direct your choices more. And that helps with the neuroplasticity process faster. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's big. And, you know, I'm still kind of in the learnings of this too, like right. just thinking about ways to help my prefrontal cortex. And, you know, the box breathing is a good way too, because it, it, again, it calms you down. It brings your awareness back to your breath. It's like, it's awareness training. It's just being yeah. like, all right, like, am I actually thinking about what I'm about to do right now? Or is right. it just autopilot? And we want exactly. to get more into actually thinking, no, 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 I'm making this decision consciously. We want to get more into that. Beautiful. So to circle back, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing tangents. I love it. Um, the awareness piece, like you were just saying, I guess not circle back, but just to piggyback off of that, but like developing awareness. I've actually, we realized, I realized this the other day, Chris, that we talk a lot about the tool of noticing what you're noticing maybe not a lot or a ton, like, but we definitely referenced it in at least a dozen or two episodes that we've the done. First tool. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we actually have a whole episode yeah. in our subscriber program yeah. on that. But um, 
the the tool, this noticing what you're noticing tool, I've realized we've never had a standalone episode for it. So I'm doing that. Uh, I, I think I'm going to release it uh, just a handful of days after this episode. So anyway, I'm going to record that. So right. I, I will cool. teach on that. But that's another tool, another awareness tool that's more on the spiritual realm or the spiritual side that you can work with that is that does help everything you just shared in terms of like activating the prefrontal cortex. So we'll get Dude, to that. Yeah. I just had a, I just had a kind of not a brain blast, but like just another thing, like, cause you know, thinking about what you're about to say, though, the five tools that we talked about, you know, the noticing where you're noticing is the first tool and you use that in the beginning for like an overarching, like developing a vision. What would I love? Right. But then every micro moment you use it too. Definitely. And all of the tools are like that. Right. They spiral. Like, they you know are. what I mean? And so yeah. like the, it's like you, you set up a macro idea and then mm -hmm. in the micro ideas and the micro decisions, like you have to use all of these tools to continue to direct your attention the way that it wants to go. And right. over time, you start building better pathways and then it becomes more automatic and you just do exactly. it again, you do it again. And that's how you stair step up over time. Right. Which just to clarify, because someone listening may be like, wait, what tools? Where are they? Five tools, basic tools. Where are they? So we have, and Chris, if you'd be willing, uh, could you, if you could write a note to like include this in the description yeah. of the episode to make a note of like where people can get access to the subscriber program. And uh, there's, there's literally five new or extra episodes that are not on our regular podcast on Spotify that you could act, get it, can get access to for a, a very small investment. Um, there's over 30 episodes on there though, but you're talking about right. five specific ones right now. Yes. Five yeah. specific ones. Exactly. But those, uh, so if you, Chris will include a link in the description of this episode. So if you want to get access to that and listen to those five tool episodes and then plus 25 others, uh, extra ones, then we'll include that link there. The other thing, another way you can actually access this or like, uh, learn from us more about these five tools and how to really implement them in your, them in your life and create new patterns around them. Basically, uh, I have an event coming up called soul builder live. I highly encourage joining us. It's on Saturday, June 29th, the next one, or sorry, June, <laughs> Saturday, June, July 29th. And, uh, it's a full day that we're going to dive deeply into these five tools these five, I call them soul tools. The first one being noticing what you're noticing, but there's others about really how to gain more uh, empowerment in your life and control over your own thoughts and emotions and your actions so that you can be moving more confidently and more consistently in the direction of your dreams. And I like to say as well, like in, in living your purpose too. I would love to support and help people in living their purpose. And that's what this event is about. So I'll include the link of, to that event in the description of this episode as well. It's 47 bucks easy investment, and we'll have a full day together. So that's happening soon. And there are other times, if you're listening to this in the future, because uh, uh, this is July, 2023, but I'm hosting this event multiple times throughout the year. So click the link anyway, and you'll find more details. Awesome. I've been to that event and I've also helped out at that event. So it's a great event. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, Appreciate it. Yeah. But, you know, just so I guess just to bring this episode into for a landing, like just a yes. final, like, I guess, wrap up point for me in terms of like an action step is just be aware when you're changing patterns that discomfort is going to arise and embrace that discomfort as something is working. Because again, you're trying to change your pattern, you're trying to up level. And so when you expect that discomfort to come, it doesn't blindside you. And it doesn't, it, it, when you're expecting it to come, it won't be as stressful as if you're, if you're not expecting it to come. Right. And if you're not expecting it to come, that stress might place you in a position where you're just going to go straight back to your old patterns and straight back to your go-to behaviors. And so being able to expect that that discomfort is coming and actually embracing it like a warrior, right? 
and then getting through that discomfort and realizing how good you feel on the other side because you've directed your conscious attention and your conscious decision-making into a new future for you, pretty much. It's what it's doing on a micro level. Mm-hmm. You feel that that benefit afterwards. And it's it's a way bigger benefit than if you actually woke up and wanted to do the thing. Like moving right. through that discomfort and getting to the other side, the benefits are just 10 times greater. Astronomical. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. The one final point I would love to make mm-hmm. is a resource you can dive deeper into to support yourself in this understanding that discomfort is good. And it's actually very normal, natural. You can expect it. Uh, we didn't touch on this yet, but that's why I've recommended just as a, maybe honestly, we do a whole nother episode about mm-hmm. this, but there's a an idea that you may have heard of, you listening to this podcast called the hero's journey. If you're a woman, identifies a woman, then you may call it the heroine's journey, but uh, it's a person's journey, right? Persons uh, that you can identify yourself as uh, the main character of your own life, right? That there's a journey that we all go on, especially when it comes to a journey of changing your life. And so this idea, this whole uh, philosophy, even you can call it, comes from a literally a book written about this. It's The book is called The Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. And Joseph Campbell was the one who coined the term a hero's journey. And he'd studied thousands and thousands of stories, both uh, or many different kinds of stories, like personal, like per his own personal stories in his life of change, uh, other people's real life stories of how change occurred, to the greatest movies and books and stories of old, as well as even to myths of of uh, traditions and religions, like uh, or or like just ancient stories. Like he literally studied all these different stories and put together this compendium of what happens in a journey of a hero or a heroine or a character that goes through a transformation. And why I'm bringing this up is just to make the final point is that in this hero's journey, there are, I believe it's 12, if not 10, uh, but still is a decent amount of steps that a, a hero goes on to uh, have the completion of their story. And in other words, a transformation. And one of the major keys is trials and tribulations. It's a step along the hero's journey that you cannot and actually do not want to miss. Like literally, if, if there was a movie or a, a book you're reading and there was no challenge for the character, it's like, this is boring. Mm. So like when we identify ourselves in that and see ourselves like that, then we can actually embrace that kind of discomfort as like you said, a warrior and see it as good. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm ready. Like I'm, I'm doing this thing. Yeah. Even though it's kind of sucks. Like I'm, I'm like the mindset or the way in which you approach it, you perceive it is this is good. Yeah. So again, you could dive deeper into that if you want. The yeah, hero- Joseph, Joseph Campbell has so much work on what he calls archetypes. And it's like, just, just this idea that it, it, like it's almost like born within our psyche that we we know these ideas throughout time and history that like all different civilizations whether they talk to each other or not whether they lived in the same time period or not all had these type of stories right because it's ingrained in our psyche from something that we have to that it's like that's how it works and that's why you know kev you're saying like a movie would be boring if it didn't have that and like all great movies have that it's because we we we, we, we are drawn to that. Like we're drawn to exactly. someone who has like, who wants to become better and who has to go through trials and tribulations to get there. And so yeah. again, like that was a perfect example, like turn it back on your own life and be like, it's not supposed to be easy and that's yeah. okay. You know, there, there's a benefit on the other side. Exactly. Yeah. Take it and run with it, my friend. We'll leave it there. Short, sweet, simple, powerful. Yep. All right. All right.
talking with you on another episode. Maybe see you at the event. Love to see you yeah. there. And then, you know, all the links we talked to be talked about, including that event, Soul Builder Live, uh, is in the description of this episode. And that's it for today. So thanks for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. So any questions, any comments, connect with us on Instagram personally at Kevin F. Carton or at Chris J. Carton or our podcast Instagram page at Science and Spirituality Podcast. And if you feel guided to, the one thing that we do ask is for you to please rate the podcast and also leave a review. This way we can reach more people and in that way impact more lives. So with that, we'll see you on the next episode.